Hey friends, welcome back to Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I'm your host, Rachel Sinclair, and on this podcast, I interview guests who I think are interesting. This can be someone like a New York Times bestselling author, or it could be an ordinary inspirational person like my mom. My hope through these conversations is that you laugh, learn something new, and grow closer to God in faith wherever you are on that journey. You are welcome here. Today, you are in for a treat. My guest is Nicole C. Mullen. You probably know her best as the singer and songwriter from the hit song, My Redeemer Lives. Yes, the song, My Redeemer Lives. But Nicole has accomplished so many different things throughout her career. She is a vocalist, dancer, choreographer, mentor, songwriter, mom, and more. Most recently, she collaborated with Kathy Lee Gifford for a project called The God Who Sees. It's an oratorio that involves singing, music, and spoken word, and they filmed this in the Holy Land. Amazing. And Nicole shares all about it on the episode today. Also, let me just give you a warning. Nicole brings the word today. This woman knows her Bible, and she has a beautiful way of speaking wisdom and truth. You are going to leave uplifted. She is incredible. All that to say, pull out your pen and paper because this episode is worth taking some notes on. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Nicole. You are so dedicated doing podcasting and the gym. Oh, and <laughs> I am trying. I'm trying. Oh, my goodness. It's like, uh, help me, Lord. <laughs> yes. Good for you. Good for you. That's awesome. So, you, so this is still an okay time for you? It is. It is. Okay. still works. Well, thank you so much for making the time to come on. I just can't tell you what an honor it is to talk to you. Um, I have loved you for years, and so it's it's a great, great honor to be able to have you on the show. <laughs> oh, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> well, you have been a busy lady lately, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all over doing so many things. But um, the first thing I wanted to ask you about was the beautiful oratorio that you did with Kathy Lee Gifford, um, The God Who Sees. I mean, it's stunning on all accounts from the music, the vocals, and the video. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Um, so I wanted to ask you, first of all, how did that get started? Like, how did you get connected with Kathy Lee, and how did that project come about? Well, it was definitely one of those God things. Um, a mutual friend or a friend that she had even more on her side before I had, um, Angie Clausen, she uh, had decided to hook us up to get us, you know, together to meet each other. And so I was like, okay, that's great. And, um, you know, I I didn't watch a whole lot of daytime television and Kathy didn't listen to Christian radio. So we were kind of <laughs> like, okay, we knew each other's names, but um, to know each other, we didn't know. And so she got us together. And so Kathy had asked prior to that, if I would be interested in writing. And I was like, okay. And so we got together and um, we were writing a song for Danny Goki. And um, we, you know, she said that she wanted uh, to write something on about Hagar because she had Hagar on her heart. And I thought it was ironic because I'd already uh, started writing something on uh, the same uh, woman in the Bible. And so we started talking and starting to get to know each other a little bit. And then before we knew it, I pulled out my little guitar and I'm not a great guitarist, but I play enough to write songs. Sure. And um, so I started strumming and we started uh, coming up with some lyrics and I started strumming 
the melody to, you know, and I will be a ring of fire around her. Because Kathy was saying that was another scripture that she had had, even though we know that was about Israel. It was just another scripture that she had had. And she was just pretty, um, just in awe that God would have the, you know, the female pronoun of her and not him be a ring of fire around her. And so we thought, well, this is really cool. So we started writing it. And, um, you know, we, we got back together about a month or so later after that to kind of finish up some things and to do a demo of it. And she kept insisting that I sing the demo. And I kept saying, well, we'll see. And she said, then she kept saying, well, I think on top of it, instead of doing a song for Danny, I think this would be a great song for you. Mm. And I kept pushing back saying, ah, I don't know. No, this is not really the type of thing <laughs> that I do. And, you know, I wouldn't sing it that way. And just, you know, all my little excuses. And she's, you know, extremely persistent and she is brilliant <laughs> at the same time. So yes. um, I had to definitely trust her because she was just like great at her craft and um, she has a good track record. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, if I was going to get in there, this is what I would do. And so um, she was like, go and do it. And at that point, we didn't have, um, we hadn't written the uh, in-between part, the the um, script for what the characters would say in the narration. Yes. And so okay. she said, she said, well, just go in there and just say something because you're a Bible nerd like I am. And, you know, later on, I'll go back and I'll, you know, polish it and rewrite it. And I said, okay, great. And so I started just, you know, went in there and I closed my eyes uh, behind the mic. And Sal, who's the producer, he started playing the piano on the other side of the window and before I knew it, it was as if the Holy Spirit just began to give me what to say. And um, I began to say, you know, Hagar was a single mother. She was abandoned by the family she belonged to. And I tell the story and then I began to sing and then I began to tell the story and I began to sing. And before I knew Oh no, the call dropped. Okay, pause. Rachel? Hey. Girl, I was getting down talking to you. Oh man. <laughs> I was like, no, no, Nicole. I was getting down too, girl. <laughs> Telling you all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> go back there because I want to hear it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. So well, you went out right when you were saying you started speaking. You started giving the narration. You were in the booth. And then you, okay. you literally said, all of a sudden, and then you got out. <laughs> You're like, no. I know. Well, <laughs> well, all of a sudden, as I was in the booth, um, I closed my eyes. And like I said, Sal was on the other side of the booth and he was playing the piano. And it was as if the Holy Spirit began to give me what to say. And I just began to say, you know, Hagar was a single mother. She was abandoned by the family she belonged to. And there, and the, you know, and I just began to just speak. And then I began to sing. And then I began to speak again. And I began to sing. And, and when I was done, you know, Kathy came into the booth. And she had her hands up. And her eyes, you know, were misty. And, you know, she was crying. And she was like, that's just perfect. And, you know, and, and I just thought I, it was I, it was so surprising to me because I expected her to go, you know, that's hockey pop. And we're going to do that again. And I'm going <laughs> to rewrite that. And, you know, in her northern kind of way. And um, she didn't. And, um, and it gave me courage to go back in there and just to tweak the little things that we had to tweak. And um, I knew in that moment that the Lord's hand was on it. And it was something that was bigger than the two of us. Yes. And, uh, you know, after that, we sat there and I said, you know, OK, then how am I going to do this on stage? And I was just thinking about, OK, when I'm doing this live, you know, what's the background going to look like? And Kathy, all of a sudden, she just blurted out and she said, you know, I know what I'm going to do. 
the Lord, you know, like the Lord put an idea in her heart. And she's like, we're going to go to Israel. We're going to film it at, she began to name all, out these different sites, you know, and in Getty and Mount Arable and in the Garden of Gethsemane and at the Sea of Galilee. She began to say these places that we were going to film as if it was like happening. Oh, and um, a few months later, that's exactly what we did in those exact places. And um, the Lord brought it together. His hand has been on it. And again, it's bigger than the two of us. Oh, it well, it, as amazing and incredible as the two of y'all are, it it is. I mean, it's just the story. It is a the story of who God is. And um, I think that's beautiful that it's just something you two could never have imagined on your own that happened. But um were you just in awe, like, oh, so we're going to Israel? We're <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing about it is, you know, in our industry, we're always saying, okay, we'll do this, we'll do that, and then every now and then, like most of the time, it doesn't happen. Every now and then, it will. But I was like, it, everything just started falling into place. Everything started happening just as you know she had dreamed, and um, and and I was like, okay, Lord, I'm I'm here for whatever you have. And at the same time, I was wowed, you know, just by. Mm the Lord and his doing and how we almost missed it. Just like, just we almost missed it. Wow. And um, I was grateful to the Lord that we didn't and that he took our little loaves and our fish. And um, we have seen him multiply it into something again, greater than just our talents, or our names. Oh, isn't that a great message just to, to uh, go through the door that God opens, you know, and if you feel that he is prompting you, don't fight it, you know, just go. And, yeah. um, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Tell me about, I'm, I'm sure you have so many stories from the trip to Israel and the video I'll link to that. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, what was one of the most special moments from that trip? Ooh, um, wow. There were plenty. Um, one was, I guess, walking on the sea of Galilee, you know, I'm walking in the place where Jesus himself had walked and um, on that very sea where he actually had walked on the waves, you know, that was very special to me. Wow. Um, also on the last day when we were filming, it was, um, we were filming uh, the ring of fire. That was that day. And we were out in the um, Judean wilderness and it was so interesting because by the end of our set, when we had, we were done shooting, we had the sun was beginning to go down. And at the same time, you could see the moon on the other side. It was like simultaneously, you could see the sun and the moon. And we found out that it was actually the day of Purim um, that Esther uh, had established um, back in her day. And so it was just really, it was a sweet time. It was a, there were a lot of God moments. The oh, Lord showed so up sweet. and um, it was awesome to be in the place where he walked physically. Yes. I, I have never been, but I want to go. Um, that's, you'll love it. Oh, <laughs> you'll love it. Yes. And I've, um, I've read Kathy Lee's book and, or I'm, I'm reading it and I've got my mom a copy and we're both reading it and just going, Oh my goodness, we've got to go and, and experience it. Cause I'm sure that just makes it all the more real to think this is, this is where it happened. You know, this is, mm -hmm. it's not just a story. It's real. Um, yeah. That's so exciting. Oh. Yeah, it is. It is something. You'll love it. When it's your turn, you'll definitely, yeah, it's a God. It's a God place, and you'll have a lot of God moments. I bet. How long did it take to film the whole oratorio? Um, we filmed it over about a five-day period. So, okay. I mean, it took a lot longer to do the, you know, pre-planning of it. Um, but behind-the-scenes work with the actual filming of it was about um, 
was about five days. And I think they took maybe about a month or so, which is really quick to edit. Yes. Oh my goodness. And then you've, I mean, you got to perform on the Today Show. That's incredible. Oh yeah. That was a good surprise. That was a, a surprise for Kathy. And um, it was really, it was a blessing for me, of course. I was honored um, that they would even ask me and allow me to do that. So the honor was definitely mine. Um, and yeah, the Lord's name be exalted. I was just like, okay, Lord, I don't, you know, again, we never know what's going to come. Um, of something that seems so small in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I think part of the lesson is to be found faithful with with whatever it is that he gives us to do and to um, do it with all our might, whether it's big or small, whether it seems like it's going to be grand or it's going to be something that's hidden. You know, ours is to be found faithful and then it's up to God what to do with that and what kind of platform to put it on. Mm, what a great message. That's so true. We take what we've been given, like you said earlier, the loaves and fish and just go with what he has and um, he will take us where he wants us to be. And that's the best spot we can be. That's something I've been learning is that I've got in my head, quote, the best, you know, but Mm -hmm. really God's best is my best. And if I'm not seeking him first and putting him above everything, it's, it's not what I think it is. You know, that's just an illusion. Um, That's right. Yeah. And he has got abundantly more than we could ever ask for or want. And so, it, you know, it's just him first, him first, above all else. That's right. Yes and amen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, do you got, Do y'all think you'll have another project coming up soon or can uh, you? Well, she's, she's also, like, she has a few more of um, the God of, uh, like, the second, the God of, uh, what is it? Of the other side, she's a lot of like the god of projects yes, that are okay. coming out with other artists. Yes, and then she and I were talking about getting back in there and writing some more together in the future too. So we'll see what the Lord has when it yes. comes to that. But she is doing great things, and I'm doing great things, and then together we, you know, every now and then we get together and we do them together. So that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um, what does your typical songwriting process look like? Do you, you know, is it more of a sit down and think of an idea or do you just have ideas come to you like throughout the day that you've got to write down and get back and. Oh, um, D all of the above. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's really rare, honestly, that I co-write with someone. Okay. So the fact that Kathy and I were co-writing, it's not odd for her because she does it often, but it was unusual for me because I'm, I don't do it, you know, you know, that frequently. And so, um, normally like it'll start with an idea, maybe something that I, um, that came to me from a passage of scripture that I read or a conversation that I had or something that I saw or, you know, uh, emotion that came up. And um, and then before I know it, normally I have a chorus that will come to me that I'll begin to sing over and over again. And for me, the challenge of writing a song always comes when it's when you, you get to the verses and the lyrics that go there. The yes. melodies seem to come pretty easily, but finding the right words to marry with that melody so that it really conveys what it is you're going after is always the the work for me. Yes. And so, so you feel like um, you, so you get it. Have a cool, I do because I yeah. I I mean. I dabble in songwriting and especially, mm-hmm. I mean, in your world, I am like a baby, baby, baby no, <laughs> songwriter. You're a songwriter, a songwriter oh. is a songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind. And I, like you, sort of like you said, I play the guitar, um, but I say I'm a campfire guitarist. I like to strum the chords so we can all sing and have a good time, but don't give me some hard riff or tablature that's crazy, you know. Um, all that to say, 
I completely know what you mean by you feel like you've got the chorus and it's great. And then it's like, well, where's the rest of this song? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what is it supposed to mean? So, um, yes, that's, that's really interesting. Um, and you start from scripture. Sometimes you will take a scripture and I do. Go with that. Oh, to I me, that's always the, um, that's more of my insurance policy for any great song. Ooh, tell um, us because about eventually, that. <laughs> because eventually what I say will become outdated. It will be null and void. It will change. But the word will never return void. It's mm-hmm. always going to accomplish whatever it is that God has sent it to do. So if you want to have a sure verse, a sure context, if you want to have a, a sure just guarantee in whatever it is that you're saying or singing, then stick with the word. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's proven to be the truth and um, everything else might expire. It will never. That That is so powerful and so true. That's it, it lives on no matter what. So absolutely. Yes. It's truth endures to all generations, to all cultures, to all changing times, to all societies, to all political groups. It still endures. So um, it's our sure bet. Absolutely. And s- sometimes I'll even use um, the guitar or songwriting to to help memorize scripture. You know, that's something yes. um, I also do. I um, like I love acting and I'm in a community theater play right now. And I always get very convicted because I think I'm learning all of these lines for this play. But then where am I on memorizing scripture? Yikes. I need to be more dedicated mm-hmm. to that. Yes, and- I love that. <laughs> I love scripture memorization as well. Yes. And so if I can put it to a cadence or put it in a song that really yes. helps solidify helps that um absolutely even in baby girls club we have baby girls club uh, it's a youth mentorship program that i started years ago but i teach we do we teach scripture and um oftentimes on top of like making it like a chant like you're saying or singing it we'll do hand motions or something that yes. like is really out there that helps us you know recall you know the actual words that are written and so um yeah i love that Absolutely. Tell us us more about that, because I know you are really passionate about empowering and equipping young women and moms, you know, single moms. Um, Tell us about that. I know that's important to you. Yes. Well, many years ago when I was pregnant with Jasmine, which is like over 26 years ago, yikes. Now, (laughs) um, while I was pregnant, I was uh, challenged by a friend of mine to come and teach a dance class for some girls that were in the inner cities at the um, at YCAP, which is YMCA's kind of inner cities program. And so um, I was on the road with some of the artists at the time. And, and I was like, you know what? Okay, I can do that. And so when I had free time, we would do that or actually during the week. And so um, it was me and some teenage girls. They got together. We, I taught them some of the songs that I had um, choreographed to some of the songs that I had written. And uh, they began to learn them. And uh, then before I knew it, uh, I, I had Jasmine. She actually came while I was supposed to be at one of the dance classes. I wasn't there, Aww. but of course. And so, um, <laughs> but after that, we stayed in contact and I kept teaching them for a little while and they would go with me locally to be my little dancers. Aww. And then eventually, so it kind of started there. And then before I knew it, um, I started noticing that I had a lot of young people that would come around. And so I began to take some of them on the road outside of, you know, Tennessee, outside of you know, just our local, um, just, you know, churches here. And, um, and I, at that time, I just, you know, I was just being a good influence, trying to love on them, trying to hear them and teaching them good dances. And um, some of them eventually went on to, you know, dance with Justin Bieber and J-Lo and all oh. kinds of people. But at that time, my initial, not the initial girls, but another 
group that came after them, um, I noticed that, you know, they became really skilled in their craft and very good at what they did. But I wasn't like convinced that they knew Christ and that we had done a good job in discipling. And so after that, like about maybe 15, 16 years ago, I decided I'm going to be intentional about it. And so from then we started, you know, Baby Girls Club Inc. as a um, nonprofit to where we have just girls come in. We love on them. We, um, you know, memorize scripture. We do Bible study. We dance. We do crafts. We do, you know, we learn guitar at times or whatever it is that's of interest to them. And um, the whole aim is to raise disciples for Christ using the arts. And we're building leaders. And we found that when we make sure that Christ is the main thing, then whatever their gifts and talents are, um, have a better chance of sprouting good fruit because they're rooted in Christ and not just rooted in, you know, skill, you know? And so, um, we've had now we've had, you know, kids that have been all over the place and they're in all kinds of all different sectors of, um, in, of the industry and in business as well. But a lot of them are in the arts and they're doing well. And, um, they're not all doing Christian music, but they're doing Christ honoring music, you know? Um, and, and, um, and I'm proud of them because at the core, they still love Christ. They're not ashamed of him and they give glory and honor to him for, um, the, um, the, the goodness that he's allowed in their lives. Oh, that's so wonderful. And and that's so important, whether you do pursue something in a primarily Christian industry or if you, you know, are doing Christ honoring things in a secular um, setting that I mean, that is bringing yes. the gospel both ways. So absolutely. Yes, absolutely. That is so important. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's Baby Girls Club. And we have it now on um, Wednesdays. We uh, partner with our church, Grace Chapel here in um, Tennessee yes, I and we, yeah, so I, yeah, love Grace Chapel and we have a model in the country of Zambia and we had started one in Belize that I think we need to resurrect, but that's a whole nother <laughs> other, <laughs> sure. but um, we're enjoying it. How wonderful. I, I absolutely love that. And I think that's a great way to worship as well because, um, you know, I think we can get so, I guess in a box of, Oh, I read my Bible and pray which are important. Both of those are very important. But the way you mm-hmm. can do that can be so expressive. And it doesn't mean you have to sit still and be quiet the whole time to become close to God. Um, that's, right. that's something I've been learning lately of just, you know, using the guitar or worshiping or drawing, doodling, you know, but like using the arts to to get closer to God um, as, yeah. a, as a group and personally that that can be just freeing. So absolutely. Absolutely. I love Continue that. Look at you musician. I like that. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes, yes. It's, it's fun. I enjoy it. <laughs> That's good. So do you teach your kids? Do they, they play, do they memorize scripture as well? Do they sing? So I'm, I'm single. I don't have children um, right now. Oh, you don't. All I right. Don't. Like, no, I don't. Okay. Yes. Um, All I'm... right. Now, fellas, now y'all hear that, fellas? Okay. <laughs> now she's beautiful. She's smart. The Lord yes. has something. Okay. Oh, you're too sweet. I, I would love that one day. <laughs> but um, I'm still, I'm 25 right now. So I'm, um, oh, she's still a baby. Young. She's young. She's young, y'all. Okay. Yes. Don't hear me acting like, look, you'll be um, Ruth. I'll be your Naomi. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Find my Boaz. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But I do, I, t- I will tell you,
you, I do teach sixth grade girls at my church. And um, oh, that you have has, babies then. Yes, I do. And there's there's <laughs> so little and precious. And um, I love working with them. And you'll Aww. you will love this, Nicole. One day we we try to plan fun things outside of, you know, the Sunday school hour to do. And mm-hmm. our youth group has this little stage, you know, where the band comes to play. And so one of our activities a month or two ago was that we had a karaoke day and these sixth grade girls got to go on the stage, just, you know, pretend like they were the biggest stars and they had a blast. It was so (laughs) fun. They were singing into the microphones and dancing on the stage. And, um, Oh, that's fantastic. It was fantastic. And then at the end they were like, wait, can we do this every Sunday after church? Like we'll just bring our own lunch. I know. (laughs) And my my co-teacher and I were like, well, Maybe not every Sunday, but yeah. <laughs> but we can do it again. So um, that's great. Yes, that's great. I love Good encouraging job. them and um, you know, letting them use their gifts. So <laughs> I love, it. and you know, I say all the time, whoever gets the seed gets the tree and the fruit that comes from that tree. So if we can get these children while they're young, then we have a better chance of molding them for the kingdom and allowing God to use them and to grow them in the right direction. Because mm-hmm. somebody's gonna get them either yes. the world or Christ and my prayers that the Lord will. Oh, that's, that is so true. Say that again about the seed. What did you say? The seed. Yes. Whoever gets the seed gets the tree and the fruit mm. from it. Oh, and so it's very, true. yeah. So I believe even in our culture and our society, that's, that's the major battle. It's the, the battle for who's going to get the seed, who's going to get the minds and the hearts of the children. Because if you can get them while they're young, if you can corrupt them, if you can save them, if you can help them, if you can mar them while they're young, then you have them bent for the rest of their lives, except for the intervention of Christ, you know. And I say all the time, you know, they're like wet cement. You've got to write neatly, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you don't, it takes a jackhammer later on to change it. Yes. And so the best thing we can do is, you know, steer them in the right direction, give them the right advice, lead them to Christ, you know, hear them out, pray over them, cry with them, love on them, you know, mm-hmm. bend them in the right way and water the seed, you know, so that it can grow for Christ. Absolutely. that That's so true. And, and one thing I've learned is that um, we don't, we don't have to have all the answers or know everything. Um, cause I know when I first came to teaching, I thought, Oh my goodness, you know, that what if I don't know the answers to all the questions or what if I don't know the right thing to say? But really what we've been saying this whole podcast is that you, you go where God leads and he's going yes. to give you the tools and the words to say at the right time. And we don't have to feel like we have to know everything ahead of time. Cause who does, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. um, I think that's great. That's, and we want to encourage people to step up, to lead children and youth and, and not be afraid of that because we feel like we're not, um, you know, we're not perfect. Cause <laughs> again, yeah. who is that? You know, we, mm-hmm, God exactly. calls us to be leaders. Exactly. He's the only perfect one. Thank God he, you know, yes. he is our, you know, he is the one who covers the rest of us in our imperfection. Absolutely. And a lot of times I find myself learning from them and their perspectives. And um, yes, that's intergenerational relationships are so important. Yes, they are. (laughs) It's yes, they are. I I agree. I think I've learned a lot more from them than even I've been able to teach them, you know, and and I have to remind them too. I have to encourage them that 
Christ said that unless we become like children, we can't even get into the kingdom. Mm. But he never said that kids had to become like grownups to get in. You know what I'm saying? So if anything, yes. they have an advantage. And, um, you know, they love easily. They forgive easily. They, um, you know, they repair. They're full of awe and wonder. They still believe when you tell them something. You know, they have to get a little bit older to become jaded. But the, you know, the kids in their rawest form, in their most beautiful state, you know, are really the model of who we are to be like in order to get into the kingdom. Absolutely. And that and that's freeing when we realize that God is a loving father who is who is there to love us and to guide us and help us. Yeah. And um yeah. what a what a yeah. blessing. That's great. It is. Yeah. It is. Yay. Well, um, one last thing I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Um, this has been something God has been teaching me in my life and we've had I've had just conversations about it with people I've talked with on the podcast. So I you know, I wanted to ask you about this. How has God been teaching you to rest in having this career and having a family and kids and um having your where you serve and mentor people? Um what has he been teaching you about how to balance that and find rest in him? Ooh, I'm still learning it. Um, <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of it is is staying centered. And for me, it comes down to the word. Um, you know, I try to, like in the mornings, I try to, you know, get up and I have a prayer time. And normally it's me and my sisters. We have a prayer call that we get on in the mornings. Oh, and um, and then I listen to the word. You know, I read the word, but I also listen to the word. I'll push it so that it reads to me. And before I know it, you know, I'm trying to listen to just one chapter, but before I know it, I've listened to eight, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've enjoyed it and I'm chewing on it. And now it's becoming a part of my um, imagination and what I'm thinking of that day. And um, it's just, it becomes a part of me. And, um, and I think with that, it helps me to become centered and to stay at peace regardless of what else comes, you know, because there are going to be things and there are things that comes without, you know, within any day that can be disturbing or that would make you want to be become anxious. But when the word is continually speaking and battling on your behalf, then you have a better chance of winning any war and staying at peace and at calm and in, in a calm state, even in the midst of a storm. And so for me, it comes down to that. And just remembering that I'm the clay and he's the maker and he has the right to do whatever he wants. And um, and I'm learning to trust him more and more every day. You know, his timetable is not my timetable. And he like, you know, he may not even come on time according to my time, but he is always on time according to his. And so um, when I surrender that and say, okay, Lord, it's not my will, but yours, then my heart is at a lot more peace than it is when I'm trying to make it happen for myself. Mm, That is so, that is great. And I love what you said about his timetable is not ours. Um, I've been, I'm trying to read through the Bible in a year, do the chronological Mm plan. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like, one and a half days behind. So I'm, you know, I'm, almost, good. I'm good. almost caught up. But all that to say, one thing I've been learning is that God does work in his time. And a lot of times that's longer than our human perspective tends to think. Because, I mean, think about Abraham and, you know, the promise of Isaac. God told him the promise and then he had to wait 10 years before Isaac was born. Um, yeah. That mm-hmm. is amazing. And then yeah. even, um, you know, Noah and the flood, He Noah had to sit in the ark for several days before it actually started raining. 
Um, yeah. And I just think of, you know, because mm. we can hold on to God's promises, even, even in the waiting, even in the in-between. And um, mm-hmm. we can stake those and know that he will come through. And that's where our faith is built, honestly, in those places. I mean, if like the Bible says, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Mm-hmm. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it, Romans 8. Yeah. And so, you know, if if you know if we had it already, we would need faith and hope for it. Mm-hmm. But we because we don't, that's where we're built. That's where we become stronger. And, um, you know, our muscles are enlarged. You know, so absolutely. That's where we grow. So that's where we grow. Yes. Well, Nicole, I can't tell you how much this means that you would take time out of your day to talk with us. Um, I'm so grateful. I've had a lovely time getting to know you. So uh, and you as well. You as well. Now, little Boaz, if you're out there and you're over 25, <laughs> now you need to call 1-800-NICOLE on behalf of Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you are too sweet. We'll see. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Nicole. Have a great Aww. rest of your day. You too. Blessings to you. Have yes. a good one. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Okay. Is she not precious? Oh my gracious. I cannot get over how just kind and joyful and wise she is. Oh, Nicole, we love you. Thank you for coming on the show. What a treat. If you have not seen The God Who Sees, go to the link in the show notes and watch it. It's incredible. You will not be disappointed. Um, And of course, I'll have Nicole's social links as well. Please go follow her. As always, thank you guys for listening. It seriously means so much to me. If you enjoyed this show and think one of your friends might like to listen, please send it to them. Another way you can support the show is to leave a review. Just click five stars. I hope you'd rate it five stars. And if you're feeling extra generous, write in a review about why you like listening. That's all I have right now. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you next time. Bye.